Well, hello and welcome to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today, as we continue our daily devotion through the New Testament, we are looking at Matthew chapter 27. We are we are almost to the end of Matthew's gospel, and this is um, this this is a heavy chapter to read. This is uh, the chapter after Jesus has been arrested and betrayed, uh, chapter 26. And in this chapter, we're going we're gonna to read the account of Jesus' crucifixion. Now, I don't know if you're reading this before you watch this video or, or after you watch this video, but uh, I just, as you read it, I, I encourage you to take a, a somber look at this story and recognize what, what the Christ, what, what our Lord has experienced for us. Uh, these are, um, this is a painful account. There's no other way to describe it. And yet it's the truth of God's word and reading it helps us remember. And as we remember it, it helps us grow in gratitude to the Lord and thankfulness for what he's done and in awe of, of who he is. And that's what I want to focus on today is, is who is this Christ? We've been looking at Matthew from the very beginning and we've been talking about how Matthew is endeavoring to show us that Jesus is is the the Christ, the the anointed one, the King of the Jews, the long expected, long awaited King of the Jews, the fulfillment as the the heir of David's throne, and and really the the great King is who Christ is. And when we read Matthew twenty seven, we we see this theme. The, we we see these words come from the lips of of those outside of. Outside of Judaism, those who are oppressors to the Jews, but we see these actually these words about who Christ is coming from them. Let me let me ask you to turn with me. Let's let's go look into the text. Let's start in verse verses eleven through fourteen. So Jesus, he has been arrested. He has been um, tried by the Jew, Jewish tribunal, the Jewish council, and now he's standing before the Pilate. And uh, and so now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, "Are you the King of the Jews?" Th- this is the question that Matthew has been endeavoring to answer. And so Pilate just he ends up just asking it point blank, "Are you the King of the Jews?" Jesus said, "You have said so." But when he accused when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answers. Then Pilate said to him, Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he gave no answer, not even to a single charge, so that the governor was greatly amazed. Now, this is incredible because Jesus is standing before this governor, before Pilate, and he's asked the question straight up, Are you the king of Jews? The Jews, and Jesus says, You have said so. It's interesting Jesus doesn't say, Absolutely, yes. He doesn't deny it. Uh, he puts the words back in Pilate's mouth, almost as a call to, to Pilate to recognize it. And, and there's a reason to believe that Pilate had some, some thoughts going on about this himself with the encounter with his wife and, and what she ex- expressed to him about a dream she had about Jesus. And so there's something going on inside Pilate Jesus clearly is aware of. And, and so Jesus just puts it back on him. Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus says, you have said so. Well, fast forward. Jesus is, he's not released. Barabbas is released. And Jesus finds himself 
um, facing crucifixion, which this is no surprise to Jesus. Jesus knew this was coming. And so next passage I want to look at, we turn back to the text a little bit further down, verses, uh, starting in verse 27. It says, Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Look at some of these words here. They, they strip his clothes off and they put a scarlet robe on him. This is this is just straight up mockery. They're putting the robe on him as if he has a royal robe, but but it's not. They put a crown on his head, but it's not a crown of jewels and gold. It's a crown of thorns to torture him. They put a reed in his hand as if it's a scepter, but it's not. And then they kneel before him and they mock him. Hail, King of the Jews. Verses 30 and 31, they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. Uh, this is just, uh, it's hard to read if, if we're honest. This is not just the torture, but the the just mockery, the, the straight up just despising of Jesus, who is, in fact, the king of the Jews. The words come out of their mouths again. Hail, king of the Jews. But they don't hail him. They don't honor him. They mock him and they beat him. And now they're they're leading him out to crucify him. He At his crucifixion, at his death, after breathing his last and, and some miraculous events occur, I, I encourage you just to, to read through the text I want you to hear one final description of Jesus uh, as it takes the title of King of the Jews and it it expands it even beyond an earthly kingdom. Listen to these last few words. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Well, this is just incredible. In this chapter, we have we have the the pagan government, the the Pilate saying the words to Jesus, "Are you the King of the Jews?" Well, we have the centurions and the soldiers mocking him and beating him and and in, in mock worship honoring him hail king of the jews and then he's crucified and there is an earthquake and tombs are split open and the thing that comes out of the centurion's mouth is not this was the king of the jews but this was the son of god and today what we're really doing is we're just marveling at who jesus is we're marveling at how his identity was coming out of their lips and yet they were missing it. And I just want to, to ask us to, to talk or to stop and reflect. Do, do we just say these words about Jesus? Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is Messiah. Jesus is King. Do, do these words come out of our mouth without us recognizing the gravity of these words? The significance of who Jesus is, his identity. 
You know, today's ancient way for our modern day is just to marvel at the reality that the King of the Jews, that the Son of God, he willingly sacrificed himself for us. On that cross, our sins and all of the guilt and all of the shame, all of the condemnation we receive because we have rebelled against God and his ways, all of it has been paid in full by the King of the Jews, by the, by the Son of God. Let that truth dwell deeply inside of you today. Carry that with you. Remember what Jesus has done for you and remember his true identity. And, and don't remember it with mockery or with, with doubt, but remember it with awe. Jesus is the king. Jesus is the son of God. I, I hope as you marvel at the identity of Christ, it increases your love for him, your affection it, it, it strengthens your allegiance to him and that you will follow him in his ancient way in our modern day.